Welcome to episode 250 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Mr. Jones, what are we talking about today? Well, first of all, we need to know that it's so ridiculously hot in our basement. It's not that hot. Oh my gosh. You it's have... actually lovely. Again, uh, the heat advisory yesterday, you took a giant fleece to work with you. It was a medium-sized fleece. It was as fluffy as you could imagine. But <laughs> we have to turn off our air conditioning up on our ground floor of our house. Uh, this is like, we're in our basement right here, which is an unfinished basement. So it has no um, air. But it's amazing how just turning off the air upstairs, even though nothing's being filtered down here, why would it get hot down here? And why it's would it be cool? just hot down here because it's, it's 100 degrees so outside. So I'm like sticky already. We haven't even started. You are. We better get on with it then. Weekly catch-up is super short. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard about Tia breaking her finger. Did we even talk? I don't even remember. Did we talk about not only did Tia... Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> Here's a weekly update. So last week we were talking about how Tia you know, had to go to, for surgery, You know, came home. We recorded the episode kind of almost straight after that. Uh, no sooner did we finish recording the episode, but we go upstairs once we're finished, uh, you know, done that. And my eldest daughter comes home, and she's sick, and so we have to take her immediately. Yep, she gets off the bus, not feeling good. To the doctors, gets a throat swab. Does she have COVID? Does she have strep throat? Thankfully, she has neither, but she doesn't get any better. And it turns out she has a double ear infection. Yeah, ah! went back to the doctors on Sunday. That's old news yeah. now because she's on antibiotics, and so far, everybody is good in the house. This week. As long as you um, don't sit on anybody's hand again, we should be okay. I accidentally sat on Tia's hand, the broken hand. But what I would like to say is I didn't put my full weight on it. I just happened to be like kind of lowering my posterior uh-huh. and her hand was accidentally there. And uh, I jumped up immediately on her whelp. Yes. Whelp? Is that word? Yelp. Yelp. Other than that, there's not really much else going on. Lots of people that we deeply love have got COVID. And so I'm sad about that. And we've been praying for them and yeah. checking in on them. And, and I just, please, Lord Jesus, help us, bless us, remove COVID, please. Um, anything else? You watch anything? You like anything? Do I watch anything or like anything? I don't think so. I think it's just been a super busy week. We're getting back in the swing of things. School starting in a couple of weeks, and so school as an SOSL. Yeah, SOSL. How excited um, are you on a scale of one to ten? I'm super excited, but there's so much to do. So it feels like every day is super full, and there's lots to do. That's great and everything, but we didn't talk about Big Bad Breakfast. I knew there was something. <gasps> yeah, we went to Big Bad Breakfast. Tia milking her surgery for everything she can get said that she wanted to go to a restaurant called Big Bad Breakfast. And so, you know. She wanted to go right after surgery, but of course she's like out of it. Mm -hmm. And so we took her the next morning to Big Bad Breakfast. Is that what it's called? I had fried chicken on a homemade biscuit with sausage gravy. And I'll tell you right now, it was absolutely delicious. Mm. You had like a healthy version, which I don't know how you've managed to find anything healthy. Uh, yeah. Southern breakfast. Well, it place. was like a scrambled egg hash kind of thing with vegetables and avocado and. So you had pancakes the size of her head. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our weekly there catch you up. Go. Sometimes you have big weekly catch ups, other times you don't. Our topic this week. Yes. I don't even remember what I called it. I called it something about. Something about authority. Something about authority. Something about the blessing of living under authority. Let's I was. call it that. The blessing of living under authority. I don't know what I've, I don't know what we'll end up calling it, but it's something about the goodness of living with authority. Yeah, 
And the verse that's been running around my head is Romans 13, I don't know, verse 4, something like that. Hang on, I wrote it down, so I don't even need to guess. Hang on. You know, if I was smart, I'd get Chris to re-edit this so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. But no, it was Romans 13, verse 4, where it says this, For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Mm. And I've been thinking about, like, when I consider our lives, mm-hmm. I am so grateful for the authority that we have in our lives. Yes. And I would go so far as to say, and I haven't even checked this with you, that probably one of the major reasons for so much of the fruitfulness in our life is that the Holy Spirit has been kind enough to teach us to honor authority and give us an understanding of why authority is good and how to partner with authority in our lives. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, good, because that was going to be my next question. Do you agree with that? Of course I do, sir. (laughs) That passage in Romans 13, super controversial, and I don't even want to get into that. And if you do want to kind of a semi-deep dive, earlier this year, I think, I yeah, it was the start of this year, I talked a lot about Romans 13 verse 1 talks about all authority has been established by God, and it's all good, and no authority exists except for that which God has already created. If you want to deep dive into that, send me deep dive. Uh, if you go to ellenandaj.com slash stories, I did a four-part series all about uh, authority. Part three majors about authority, but part one and part two will be really helpful for setting that up. And the reason I mention that is I found that we are oddities when we talk about the joy with which we've experienced authority in our life. Now, part of that is we've been under really healthy authority. Yeah, we have sought out and stayed under healthy authority. And I think that's I think that's what makes the difference because plenty of people have tried to live under authority but really unhealthy authority and it has really unhealthy results. Which I thought we could maybe talk about next week. Okay. What I thought I'd like to do talk about this week is talk about our values, what we've learned from the word, how we live our life. Which is going to raise, absolutely going to raise questions, objections, observations that I thought maybe we could address next week. That was at least my thinking. Sure. Because even as I was pondering this, I was thinking, yeah, but people will say, what about this and what about that? And also, we've got examples in our lives of not having healthy authority, Mm -hmm. but still learning good things from those seasons. Yes. Which maybe we talk about. Anyway, my point, the larger point is... As we've talked over the years about uh, the the blessing, the goodness, the benefit of authority in your life, we hear some really, really tragic stories, which produces a hesitancy, sure. a suspicion, a desire to want to have authority you know, checked or evaluated. I'm not even going to offer the counterbalance. I'm not even going to weigh any of those things. Rather, what I want to do is jump in and talk about authority. And it's goodness, and why it's designed by God for our goodness. Mm -hmm. And you can't get further. Can't get further? If we go right back to the the beginnings and the basics, our very first experience with authority as children would be... Our parents. Our parents. Da-da-da! And, like, it's interesting because... I don't know if this is an honoring way of saying things, like... I would say that my experience with my parents was very different than your experience with your parents growing up, question mark? <laughs> sure, that would be very safe to say. And, and what I'm not, not trying to say that my parents were perfect, but I grew mm-hmm. up in a safe, stable environment. You did not grow up in a safe, stable environment. Correct. 
And yet we've both learned the same lessons, even though we had very different experience with authority. Right. And so what lesson would that be that we're talking about? Well, it's the whole thing of honor your father and mother in the land that you're living so that it can go well with you. And you can have long life. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first, it's the fourth commandment, but the first commandment with a blessing attached to it. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Like, if you honor your mother and father, like your very first experience with authority, if you honor your authority, honor your leaders, God says, I will ensure that you will live a long life and that it will go well with you in the land that you're living. And I think this is probably where we run into problems because although authority is created for our good, a lot of us have not had good experiences with authority, even starting with our parents. Right, for sure. Talk Talk about when the Lord started speaking to you about honoring your mother and father. And for those of you who've been listening to our podcast, you know that you grew up in a abusive, tumultuous, unsafe environment where yeah. for many years you didn't have safe parents. Yeah. And then along comes the Lord at some point in your life and being like, hey, I'd like you to go deal with that. Like, yeah. how did you reconcile that verse? Well, I don't think I, I was looking at that verse necessarily. I mean, to begin with, the Lord wasn't talking to me about honor. He was talking to me about forgiveness. So, you know, when I think about like my story with my dad, that whole, did it turn out to honor? Yes. I started being able to honor him, but it was through walking out of forgiveness process that naturally I wanted then to, to honor him. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think I heard like a message on honoring your parents or, or, I mean, maybe I had heard it, but I just hadn't heard it. You know, I hadn't listened, um, but I didn't start working on on honor from the perspective of intentionally going back to honor, regardless of what my testimony was until much later. Well, so there's a certain story I'm thinking about where and also I, I think to be clear, like I, I understand what you're saying, but forgiveness is is honor, you know, like sure. you're, you're moving towards sure. them in honor with a kingdom But what mindset. I'm saying is the Lord wasn't saying to me, I want you to honor your Absolutely, father. He yeah. was saying, I want you to forgive your father. But at some point he did, especially with your mom. Do you remember, do you know the story I'm blinking to you? Though You mean the one where I sat down and apologized for things? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, wasn't that in the context yeah. of honor? Yes. It was, yes. So paint the scene. Was. How old are you? And I don't know if you oh, want to go gosh. into details. You know, or... it, was, it was after dad had died, maybe like a year later, you know. And, uh, and I just recognized, like, I don't have a good relationship with my mom. And my dad's gone. And, you know, I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, you, you get to be a victim or you get to own this. Like, you... You get to choose how you walk this own out. Own what part? Because like own own the trauma, but also own your end. Like you still played a part. And so I was like, okay. But unpack and that because I'm worried that people are going to hear. You know, you played a part in your your own abuse. abuse. No, yes, no, no, that's not what you're no, saying. No, mostly it was just like after that. I showed my mother like no honor. I basically completely cut her out of my life and would inform her of things if I felt like it, but just never extended honor to her as somebody who had invested, uh, not only bringing me into the world, but you know, as best she could 
parenting. Right. Right. And so how old are you at this point? I'm probably about 20, 21, so somewhere 21 there. 21 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the Lord, and, you know, not to be your advocate here, but you have a lot of cases you can make against your mom at this point. Sure. But the Lord's not talking to you about that. The Lord's talking to you about, hey, honey. Yeah. Can I put my finger on this thing where yeah. you have a bad yeah. attitude towards your yeah, mom? Yeah, you're super dishonoring towards your mom. And I mean, like even, you know, like we believed such different things about the Lord. Like, and so like even when I go over for family dinners, like here, here I am, I'm, you know, in leadership doing all these things, you know, and I go over and she'd say something uh, about God and she is, you know, into the occult and stuff like that. And, and I had no grace for her to, for anything like mm-hmm. for her to say anything about anything you mm-hmm. know and i so i would just sort of be like let's we just we disagree let's just move on. you know i couldn't say stuff nicely mm-hmm. and so yeah the lord started sort of saying hey you're you're actually not honoring your mom okay so you go over yeah and this is you making your first efforts uh, t- t- proactively let yeah. me pause before you tell the story what you're about to hear from aj is not the only way to extend honor Right. So like to honor means to give value to, to create space for, to include, to let their words be big in your ears, to give them a priority in your life. This is just one aspect of that where the Lord's been saying, hey, honey. Well, he specifically said, I want you to go to your mom and apologize for not showing her honor. And your response initially was? Are you kidding? She stabbed me with a carving fork. Yeah, no, my original response was like to run the list of all the ways that in my mind she had disqualified herself from honor. Right. Right? Lord, that verse only applies to nice parents who've done a good job. Right. And you're expecting me to honor this? I'm like, she didn't protect me. She actually did, you know, less than didn't protect me. She made my environment terrifying. You know, like I was like. Here's my list of reasons why I shouldn't obey your command. Right. And the Lord was like, yep, that's that's all really true, you know? And he's like, but actually, you, I, I, I'd like you to go over and apologize for not. What did you do with that? Because it's so it. kind of him to disarm that, um, where he doesn't he doesn't minimize you know, your you're, thing. You're talking about 30 years ago. I don't remember the details of what I did. I just remember going, okay, you know what? I gave you my life, so. I can totally see that face. That face right there, that fine. I'll go yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, I said I gave you my life, so I'll go do it. Alibi yeah. and my heart attitude will catch up. Yeah. Okay. But I went in hopeful <laughs> and it didn't go that well. Tell me about the hopeful. Like, what was the hopeful? Well, Have you I written a story in, of I how was, it would go? Well, I don't know if I wrote a story, but I was like, hey, God's asked me to do this thing. So, you know, if God's asked me to do it, therefore there's going to be some like miraculous uh, transformation, like. You know, it's going to happen instantly. Huge, redemptive, Hallmark movie-esque scene. Yes. And this is going to be the beginning of a new chapter of a brilliant relationship with my mother. And it's going to be phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Things like that. How'd it go? Yeah, not so good. Well, I, you know, I I had written out a little list with the Lord of, of what I felt like he was speaking to me about, like where I had started to show dishonor, which was certainly when I was a teenager. And things had ramped up between me and mom at that point. And when I was a child, she wasn't aggressive. She was just not not available to protect me. But but when I was a teenager, that's when she started drinking more and we started fighting more and, you know, all of that. And so I just sat down and was like, you know, I just 
I felt like God was speaking to me about that I haven't honored you and I wanted to, you know, apologize for not honoring you. And I don't even think I got the sentence sentence finished before she was like, yeah, you were horrible. And then just was like, you know, I'd ask you to mow the lawn and you didn't want to mow the lawn. And I'm like thinking like, oh, yeah, I did have an attitude about mowing the lawn, mostly because I'd have to sit on a oxygen machine afterwards because I couldn't breathe because I was allergic to the grass. But so I'm like trying to... You know, I'm trying to like hear her, and every time I want to say like a defense, but Lord, you stabbed me with a carving the, right, fork. The Lord's like, nope, nope, nope. And so I just kind of sat there, and and so she'd finished saying whatever the offense was, you know, mowing the lawn, not doing the laundry fast enough, whatever the thing was. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm sorry for that too. I'm sorry, you know, and I. I surely thought we'd get to the end of whatever her list was, Mm -hmm. and then she'd own some of the other Mm -hmm. events that had happened. Um, Yeah, that that didn't happen. That was it. It was just she, um, she just said, yeah, you were horrible, and, you know, and... How was the car ride home between you and the Lord? I was so confused. I was like, yeah, that's not how I really thought that was going to go. Um, but a couple of weeks later, she phoned and asked if I would come over and I came over and, and she did apologize for a bunch of stuff, you know, and you know, it was some apology with excuses, you know, I behaved this way because of that, but it was, uh, it was something, you know, and it was the start of us being able to, um, talk to each other again. Mm -hmm. So, but I would say the, the healing of our relationship has been a slow road. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but now, 30 years later, you guys are in a very different place. Yes. Very different place. That I dare say would never have happened. Probably not. Had you not laid the foundation. Right. But it was painful. I, I do <laughs> want to reiterate to everybody who's listening that what AJ, the story AJ is telling is not a template I'm or we are suggesting you go right. do immediately. No. Right? Like this is the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, you had support around you. Yeah, the Lord you. was really clear about it, and I ran it by some of my mm-hmm. leaders. And We're not saying ignore all yeah. your pain and your key. Yeah, you go know, apologize go to apologize everybody that's hurt and, you. And re-enter unsafe environments. That's not what we're saying. We're yeah. just illustrating an example from your life of what honor looked like. And I didn't move back in, and I wasn't, I mean, her life and my life, did reflect di- very different values. So I still didn't let her dictate or, you know, speak into how I was living my life. I just was uh, less caustic about mm-hmm. our interactions. So. I, I mean, I've told this so many times, babe, but I remember meeting you in 2003. I remember coming as a student and mm-hmm. I remember you were our speaker. And I remember you being radiant. Like, I remember you shining as you would tell, easily some of the most traumatic and horrific stories I'd ever heard, you know, over the course of five days. And I just remember thinking, like, you're beaming, like, you're not telling any of these stories as as war stories or making yourself the hero of, like, how victorious you've overcome. Like, there was such a grace and a life and a light on you that was so magnificent. And I just remember... And again, you were, you know, one of your major stories was on forgiveness. And I remember, yes, like this is the radiant life of somebody who's walked in forgiveness. But I'm also now thinking, coming back to that promise, like I'll give you long life and it will go well with you in the land that you're living. I, 
I'm horrified to think about what your life would look like if you hadn't done that work. Like it wouldn't go well for you. Like you know, we, we, we've had cause to think over the last year or so mm-hmm. and take stock of our life. And we have a beautiful life. Yes. That is, you know, I'm so grateful continually from the Lord. And I would attribute that a lot to, of course, his graciousness and his kindness, but also a byproduct of living righteously. And again, I'm not trying to say like, we are super righteous and we're very proud of our, I'm just saying like <laughs> with the grace that we've, that we've been yeah. given and the kindness that the Lord's given and the revelation he's given to follow his ways, to just live simply that, oh, I just shudder to think what that could have looked like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I want to spend time thinking about that, but yeah. Yeah. One of the curious things, like that whole verse, and I, you know, I'm going to do a bit of exegetical work here, and it, it's not it's not sound. I, I'm doing biblical exegesis from our experience and our observation rather than mining the text. So bear in mind with that. It, so I'm not writing doctrine here. I'm just making a comment and an observation from 10 plus years of pastoral ministry. Is in our life and in the lives of people that we've pastored, usually the areas of our life that are not going well, whether that's our sex life, whether that's our finances, whether that's our career, whether that's our health, usually that area is an area that if you dig deep, you find that there's an area of dishonor towards parents in that area. Yeah, or dishonor towards authority. Right, but let's stay with parents for now. Because that, that whole verse, I'll give you long life and it'll go well with you in the land that you're living Often things could be going well for us in most lands of our life, mm. but in one area we keep reaping the same destructive pattern. Right. Like we can never get ahead, you know, we get financial breakthrough, then we end up back in debt, or, you know, just as things are going well for us, we lose our job. And it's just like, you know, why is everything good for me but my money? And usually, if you if you just explore I don't want to say usually, but more often than not, if you sit with a person, you find that they have judged or dishonored their parents in that specific area. Mm. It can even be things like, you know, I was thinking about um, if you've dishonored even the way they eat or they take care of themselves. And then later on, that becomes a, a thing where you're like, uh, I can't ever see to. With that? No, no. I was literally just thinking about like, because I remember the Lord talking to me about judging my mom yeah. about, you know, that she wasn't taking care of herself and the way she was eating and everything. And then I thought, I, I don't think I started getting any level of breakthrough in, in terms of your me, own life, my own life until I repented for judging my mom. And, and those judgments were when I was like a lot younger, right? You know, like I remember being in the cottage. So I had to be like, you know, 12, 13, somewhere in there, 13, 14, and just being like, what happened? You used to be like, thin and healthy and now you don't care you know and wow. just that young and then you yeah. condemned yourself to do the very same thing yeah and so it wouldn't be going well tricky. for you in that area tricky well also since you become a parent like yeah everybody who's listened to this who's got kids you know the experience where you have ended up doing saying or behaving a way that has caused you to panic because you're like <gasps> i've become my father or i've become my mother in that right moment, well that's romans 12 something. isn't it isn't that romans 12 yeah. 1 with the whole like you who judge do Condemn the same thing do the same thing yeah 
Well, but that, you know, judging, of course, is dishonoring. Mm. So in that area, like I've dishonored my father and now it's not going well for me in the land I'm living because I'm repeating the thing to my children that was done to me. Yes. So anyway, we're focusing on the negative. But the flip side is if you purpose in your heart to live a life of honor, and I'm talking about your parents here, but I think you can extend that to any level of authority. Yes. That when you recognize that leaders, authority figures are agents of God for your good, there is a blessing that comes with it. Yeah. And honor is not the same as obey. So there's a definite link, however. Well, there is, but I mean, as an adult, I can still honor my mom and I do honor mm-hmm. her, but I don't live like her. You disobey her. And yeah. I could disobey her as an adult and still do that in an honoring way. And equally, you could obey somebody with a heart of dishonor. Yes. Well, that's fun, isn't it? No. All the things to think about. All right. What was my, I, I scribbled some notes down. What was my other thought? Do, do you want to say anything else about parents? I, I was also thinking, you know, you can you can still honor your parents after they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes we think, oh, well, m- you know, my dad already died, so I can't extend honor now. I wish I could, you know, fix that some way. And I think you can. Like, I think you can still uh, honor them by both honoring what they taught you that was great mm-hmm. uh Working on what you what they taught you that wasn't great, um, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and 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 honoring them by actually not continuing that pattern. Like there's right. there's a lot you can do that's still extending honor even if they've already um, passed. passed away. Okay, so the next area uh-huh. where we're probably going to um, experience working through learning to honor yep. are with with our boss, like with our bosses in different jobs growing up and you know, what, what that yeah. looks like. I remember, I've told this story before. I've, I've told the story about working for Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my, I mean, I had lots of bosses growing up, but when I graduated university and my first like job of my career, I remember the very first day of my job and my boss meets me and he shows me around the office. And he, he said the words to me, no exaggeration. This is your desk. This is my desk. If you put any of your stuff on my desk, I'll break your kneecaps. And he didn't didn't laugh. He literally said that. And I was like, "Uh, that was an odd thing to say. And then I realized, oh, I'm working for a megalomaniac psychopath. Great. Where he found great great delight. Like he ruled with anger. He ruled with rage. He was wicked smart. He would cut you down to size. His his tools of choice were shame and belligerent belittering. He would just dress you down in the middle of an open office in front of everybody. Uh, I mean, he, he was an ogre of a man. And... Even back then, I knew that, oh, just because your behavior is atrocious doesn't give me an excuse to dishonor you. Yeah. Now, we can maybe talk maybe next week a little bit about that. Like, how do you ensure that you're actually caring for yourself in the midst? How do you manage yourself when you can't manage a boss? Like, you know, is going to HR dishonoring? I'm not even going to talk about that right now. All I remember thinking, there were very legitimate reasons that I could critique this monster. Mm-hmm. And yet I wasn't being asked by the Lord to critique this monster. I was just asked by the Lord to honor this person because I remember the Lord teaching me, like, uh, you know, God honors the position, not just the person. Yeah. So this person is clearly disqualifying himself by his behavior, mm. but his position is still to be honored. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And I remember reading Romans 13, verse 4, that this monster, this Darth Vader figure, 
is an agent of God for my good? Like, God, how can you possibly bring good from this fearsome, loathsome ogre? And I remember, I've told this so many times, but I remember a couple of months before I ever got that job, my dear friends, Glenn and Anna, sat down, tried to do a confrontation with me. And they were basically just saying, hey, we've been your friends for a long time. Here's some character traits in you that, like, you might not be aware, but they're, like, they're really abrasive, really aggressive, and, like, they're not fun to be around. And I did what every good Christian does. They were like, oh, thank you so much. I'll go pray about that. Meanwhile, thinking, who are you guys? Like, you don't even know anything. Oh, my God, you guys are just so whiny and just suck it up. And, you know, I did go and pray about it, but my prayer was literally, Lord, just, you know, give Glenn and Anna a softer heart because they're so judgmental. Think nothing of it. Think I'm totally justifying. Think I'm totally right. And then I go work for this monster. And it takes me about three months to realize the good that God wants to bring out of me working with this man is this man is a mirror of how I behave. All the stuff I hate about this man is the very thing that Glenn and Anna were trying to address in my life that I could not see. That's so funny. And I was like, and I remember years later, John Paul Jackson put it this way, that God will use the weaknesses of others to refine the weaknesses in you. Mm. And that's where I got that revelation of, like, an unhealed boss is one of the greatest gifts for character formation. Mm. Now, please, again, don't hear, if you're in a dangerous, life-fatiguing, abusive relationship, I am not saying, hey, endure that for all the inner in good. That, yeah, no. You know, I'm, I, even at that stage of my life, I was a very robust person. I had a great support network around me. I only ever worked for that guy for like nine or ten months before I actually switched uh, careers. But my point in that was God was redeeming something god the kindness of god was bringing this rough pumice stone mm. against the soul of my life to bring about to begin bringing about a measure of brokenness and humility in my life that i hitherto didn't think i needed or couldn't even see the issue and i went on from there even when i switched careers to work for other bosses that were nowhere near as bad as that person but because i'd learned to thrive under a darth vader I could live under a Darth Maul or a, you know, insert any other. This is all for you, baby. Well, These are Star thanks, Wars darling. I, I feel a little bit of distress that you've got your bad characters out of order. Just, I mean, they're in order for when the movies were released, but not for the actual timeline. But, I mean, I, I can do it. Thank I you, can baby. go with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was I was thinking, I don't <laughs> Did you have something else? No, I was going to I was gonna try and correct my chronology and then realized I can't. <laughs> yeah. Where does Jabba the Hutt fit? And then, you know, George yeah. Lucas re-released it and Jabba the Hutt appeared in episode uh, four way but, before you ever saw him in episode six. You know, but, but we can't really we go with that. Um, I was thinking, you know, we, we talked either last week or the week before about favor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there's such a, there's such a linking as well between honor and favor. Mm-hmm. Like when I worked for national car rental, when I, you know, I got the job because of favor. Yeah. Uh, but the person that I was working underneath, everybody at head office was terrified of this guy. You know, and so, I mean, I had people tell me, like, he'll just fire you on the spot. Like, you know, I mean, people were afraid of him. Just to clarify, the guy that you were working for was not the guy who hired you, correct? Right. No, it was his VP. Wait, wait, wait. Who's So VP? I got hired by the VP and the president yes. of the company. The president was the one that kept coming and sitting at my table yep. trying to get me to work there. And then I get hired, and the interview is with the president, but also with Vince, who's this VP operations. Different VP guy who was in the restaurant. Is that right? 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, and Vince, everybody's terrified of. Right. Like, just terrified of. And I remember just thinking, I, I'm i not going to let everybody else's opinion sway me. I actually thought he seemed like a decent guy when I had the interview. And Benefits of being raised by terrifying parents. Well, Everybody you know, seems quite nice. He doesn't scare me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he, I thought, you know, okay, well, I guess on one level I was like, both the last two jobs I had said, if you ever want to come back, you know. So I was like, I'm highly employable, you know. I'll just, you know, see what happens. Um, but I realized really quickly that I couldn't listen to what everybody else's opinion was of him and still work for him and and keep a good heart. So, wow. So, like, I couldn't listen to what everybody else was saying and live a life of honor with him. Right. Wow. And I think it's that honor that gave me the favor because it was Vince that opened every single one of those doors and just I kept getting promoted, promoted. And everybody was like, you're like Vince's golden child, you know, and you, you know, and how, you know, how, how do you have this relationship with Vince? Like Vince doesn't like people. And how did you have that relationship with Vince? You know what? I think it was all favor. I think it was the Lord. And I think like on a, I remember when I started, I was sort of like, Again, because the first day somebody said, you know, Vince could fire you today, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I'm highly employable, and I feel like God gave me this job, and if God wants to take it away, he can have it, you know. So that was um, peace, but not bravado. Yeah, just like— It wasn't like, well, screw I'm him, right. I'm highly—you know, you were just like, okay. Yeah, it's well, going to be all right, yeah. you know. And I remember I'd only been there a few days— uh, and I was working in the first apartment that I, and it's all men. Like I'm working with all men. Most of them are pretty impressed with themselves, or at least that's how they came across. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, training to run this department. And I remember Andre comes in and he says, Hey, Vince wants to see you in his office. And I was like, why? Like, did I do something? You know, cause I was running the fleet for the whole city at that, at that point. And he's like, I don't know, AJ, but he's like, I've really enjoyed working with you. I'm like, are you joking? And he's like, no, I have. I've really, you know, and I was like, Andre, you think I'm going to get fired? He goes, I don't know why else you'd get called to his office. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. You know, so I was like, okay, all right, fine. You know, so go to Vince's office, knock on the door. He doesn't even look up. He's just on his computer. He goes, have a seat just looking at his computer, typing, whatever. So I like sit down and I think, oh, maybe I am getting fired. And literally as soon as I sit down, he looks up at me for like a split second and says, shut the door. And then he keeps going. I think he went to the same people schools, college as my boss. He used to work um, for customs and immigration. He was one of the people that did all the interviewing. Okay, no problem, Um, got it. So anyway, so I go over, shut the door. I sit back down. He just closes his laptop and he stares at me. Probably, well, it felt like forever, but it was probably a good 10 or 15 seconds, you know, where he just stared at me and didn't say anything. And I'm like, you know, and then he said, people want to know why you're so happy. So I just went, is that why I'm here? You know, like, because I just, I mean, it sort of broke the tension yeah, for me, not for him, you know. Um, And I was like, I mean, that's really why I'm here. And he goes, yeah. People want to know why you're so happy. And I said, well, do you want me to tell you the real answer to that or like the PC version of that? And he's like, well, I want to know the real, you know, answer. And I was like, I love God. God loves me. And, it's, you know, just talk to him about because our building was shared the grass with the church. 
right? So you so look was, out your office window and there's and there's Corona. and there's the church, you know. And I said, I, I go to that church over there, and I said, you know, I'm I'm happy because I love life and I'm I am loved and I love God. And he just stared at me like didn't say anything for mm. a bit. Then he's like, I have some questions for you. Anyway, we ended up having this whole discussion. It turns out his uh, sister or his brother had gotten saved they were uh, originally Hindu and you know had left this great job I think it was his sister had left this great job and started an orphanage in India and do I know why she would do that and and I'm like I I I do know why you know so we started talking we talked for like an hour just about the Lord and about why I was happy and then he just all of a sudden went all right we're done and he just went back to like you know and I was like okay that was random so when I came back Andre was like do you still work for me and I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, oh, thank God. Okay, well, you know. He just, he just wanted to know why I smile so much. Yeah, he just wanted to know why I smile so much. So anyway, but I just remember like, you know, I worked there for four and a half years and there was lots of opportunity all, with all different bosses to listen to the awesome mm-hmm. office gossip, like the things that people would say about other people. But I thought I can never actually take people at face value if I'm listening to mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I just sort of determined I wouldn't. I would just like pick up, not be like, I can't be near you. I just pick up my stuff and go someplace else, you know, Um, but it helped me. What what advice, encouragement would you give to people who understand that, okay, like at least at a basic level, right? I can read the Bible and I can see that no authority exists except that which God's put there for me. So therefore, I understand that my boss, whether I like him or her or not, God has put me in relationship with this boss, this boss is an agent for my good. Or I applied for that job, and right. that's just part of it. And I don't, yeah. I don't see how it's good. Like, how do you live in? Uh, what, what feedback? What advice would you give people? What feedback? I mean, I prayed a lot, like for everybody that I worked for, and I, I mean, I remember one of the VPs there was extremely difficult, mm-hmm. you know. And for four and a half years, I did not enjoy this particular person. But I just would pray like, okay, Lord, would you help me have a good attitude? Right. Would you I don't also... have to enjoy them, but I do have right. to honor them. And would you also like just protect me from, you know, any wagging tongues? Do you know what I mean? Like just would you, I'm going to not be part of gossip. Would you keep me from it? Like would you. The thing is gossip seems like a great remedy to the dis- the the unpeace that you're living with. Right. So I'm listening. You talk about and that you, VP, and you kind of want to like complain with other people. Right. And, go, and he's yeah. got all the power, and it feels like this super powerful thing to do if yeah. we can all gossip about him. But it's actually the tradecraft of the devil. Yeah. Like gossip, slander. You know, it is the the currency of hell, and it's it's so you know tempting yeah that's why prophet talks about like gossip going down like tasty morsels right and you actually it undoes everything that heaven's trying to achieve and i think particularly if you're like the only christian there or one of the only christians there participating in it becomes very confusing for everybody who's mm-hmm. around you you know because then it it's it's almost like you're putting your stamp of approval on you know so I, it's not like i didn't go and talk to my pastors or my friends, you know, when I was having a hard time, I mean, never really with Vince, we got along great, but with a couple of other of the VPs and a a director that I had at one point who was like, just, just really like slimy, 
kind of, you know, just like weird sexual stuff. Like I would go and talk and say, I need wisdom. I need help, you know, and I get them to pray with me and whatever. But I was still, when I was there, I was like, all right, show me how to honor him. Okay. Show me how to honor this VP. Show me how to, you know, and then also used wisdom and boundaries and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But I remember John Arnott saying this brilliant line, which I'm having to look up. He said this, and this is classic John, you know, we're probably eating Swiss chalet and there's just this throwaway comment that's just dripping with wisdom. He said, if you haven't learned to live under authority now, how will you serve a king for eternity? I was like, dun, dun. That's a great, great <laughs> right. question. Right. Because I think really like it is easier in quotation yeah. marks or we think it will be easier to not live under authority. Well, oh. if I'm just my own person oh, and so whatever. Mad at that mindset. But but you know, we think well, that will be easier. And and so you think of comments like that, like, well, if you can't live under authority, how are you going to serve a king for eternity? Good, uh, great. But also it seems to me that every time when things go badly, who we turn to are those in authority mm-hmm. to help us. And if we've lived under authority, that works really well. But if we've actually lived stepping out from under authority and then things go badly and then we're turning back and saying, hey, could you help me with this thing over here? I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's you, like sometimes I kind of want to go, oh, I wish I wish you would have listened six months ago, a year ago, whatever, when or you would have sought advice then as opposed to doing your own thing. And then now you have the results of that. I can, I can help you try and walk that through, but it probably would have turned out much differently if you'd chosen to stay we'll, with we'll authority come operating. to that in yeah. a moment. That dynamic will come to in a moment. Yeah. Where I want to sit with is like, if we're talking about the goodness, the blessing of walking with mm. authority, like I would say, again, when we talk about like the beauty of being with healthy authority, I think about our relationship with John and Carol. I think about our relationship with Jeff and Becky. Mm. I think about the kindness and the latitude that I, I feel like all that has ever come about from me honoring and submitting to leadership is promotion and in turn authority. Yes. Now, here's the tricky thing. If you only live to honor authority so you can have authority, it's not you're undermining why you're yeah. living with a hard attitude of honor. Yeah. But I, I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but as we have purposed in our heart to help build John and Carol's kingdom, purposed in our heart to help build Jeff and Becky's kingdom, when we have done that, that is probably when I've seen the most amount of growth in us, the most amount of Advancement sounds wrong. It sounds like the weird phrase, but acceleration, perhaps. Yeah. And with that, authority, like kingdom authority. But also, I th- I think the most amount of fruit in our own ministry or from our lives. Absolutely. Has, I think is all a result of of choosing honor. Of choosing of to build choosing their to kingdom s- instead of yes, build ours. And, and choosing to stand our authority and choosing to let their words be big in our ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paying close attention to halt and paying close attention to go, mm-hmm. which we can talk about this next week, which is sometimes hard when it is not on your viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I've told this story before about John 
I mean, my introduction to working with John, like I think and probably lead very differently than the way both John and Jeff think and lead. Yes, right. I think that's fair to say. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Venn diagrams. There's a lot of overlap, but also there's some distinct differences. But I've noticed in the areas where I've chosen their way, like ridiculous fruit comes from it, and you're just like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. I pay attention to that. I want to come back to the bit that you were talking about. Mm. And to do that, I'm going to have to look at my my scribbles. Here's this verse. Mm. Again, this is gonna this could be a triggering verse for a lot of people, but it's in the Bible. So all I'm doing is reading out the Bible. And yeah, can, he's only reading the Bible, folks. And we can talk about why it might not be helpful or why I'm glossing over parts you know, next week. And anyway, the, the, before I get to that verse, that whole thing that John said, if you haven't learned to serve an, you know, an earthly master, how will you serve a king for all eternity? Mm. He said it better than that. But basically, if you want to have authority in the future, you have to submit to the authority in your present. Yes. Like you can only have as much authority as you choose to submit to. Mm. And even then, if you're choosing to submit to authorities, you can have authority, you've undermined <laughs> and you've gone back to square one. Yeah. You haven't collected $200. Right. Uh, do not pass go. Here's this verse that touched on what you were talking about. It's Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. The key phrase in that verse is, let them. Mm. All right? Which tells us that we have a say in who's leading us. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hold that intention because th- for some people that's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. And what I mean by that is some people think, well, you know, I don't like what you're doing, so you're not going to be my leader anymore, and that's my right, and it is your right. But what you'll usually find is when you go to your next leader, the same issue that you didn't want to deal with is waiting for you. Right. Because your issues always, are not geography. Yeah. Yeah. It's what God's doing in your heart in that season. So the key word is let your leaders watch over your souls. Mm. And the way you let your leaders watch over you with joy and not with grief is by you obeying them and submitting to them. Yeah. You with me so yes. far? Yes. Yeah. To not obey them, to not submit to them, it says in scriptures will be unprofitable to you. Mm-hmm. Which by extension means that when you do do those things, it, it will, will be, be profitable, profitable to you. Yeah. So it comes back to what we've been just saying. We've only got one point we're just saying over and over again is that as we reflect on our life, in the, the seasons of our life, in the as, as we look at the correlation between, man, things are flying for us in life, and what else has gone on in our life, the parallel between honor and submitting and promotion, acceleration, etc., go hand in hand. Yeah, but also I think... It's worth noting, like, you don't really know if you're honoring something if they're agreeing with everything that you want to do anyway, right? Such an important thing. It's trickier when, for example, like, I remember, uh, this is just the example that's coming to my head, when I wanted to start year two. You Mm -hmm. know, I wanted to pioneer year two and get it up and going and went to Jeff. I've got a plan, Jeff. You know, this is what we, this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And Jeff said, as I look at your life and the age of your kids and everything else that you're doing. Um, no, I don't want you to do that this year, but, but Jeff, I've thought this through. I have a plan, Jeff, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and he was like, I, I don't think, I don't think that happens this year. And at that point I have a choice. I could probably try and convince him and he might have even gone with me or, uh, I can honor. Okay. 
I say that you are somebody who has authority in my life. Mm-hmm. You do. And so I hear you say, this isn't the year. But it's it's that's sort of like a really, um, maybe that's not a really strenuous example for other people, but I had a, I, you know, when a shaper has a plan. Oh, watch when out. When a shaper has a plan. Um, so honor is is about not just about when everything they've asked you to do you agree with already and yay i'm honoring your wishes by living my own dream you know Mm -hmm. um but honor kind of hits the road when a leader is like i don't think that choice that you're making is wisdom or i don't think that that person that you're choosing is wisdom or i don't think that you know that's when you actually have to assess like huh Am I going to honor? You're not really honoring or submitting to your leader if they're going the direction you were planning on going anyway. Right. Where you work out whether you're submitting and honoring to your leader is when they take a hard left and you're like, yeah, but I, I, I think we should be going straight ahead. Right. Right. And that's where the rubber hits the road. Like, now what are you going to do? Right. But that is where you, you work out like where your heart of honor is. The, the, the whole thing about like what it would be profitable to you, again, is that, I, I think the example you just gave was beautiful. Like, I've I've loved my whole life. Not my whole life. I've loved the last 20 years of our life. We've been number twos. And what I mean by that is, like, not the primary leader. Right. Like, I love that there's somebody above me yeah. making the, the, the judgment call. Perfectly happy. Perfect. But, but think about the grace on that. Think about left your own devices. You would have just, oh, yeah, let's start year two. And let's, you know, yeah. you had somebody watching over your soul who has to give an account. Mm. And you, in that moment, thankfully, you're letting him do it, you know, with joy, and it's profitable to you. When he's saying, "Now, nah, when I look at your life and the stage of your life and the stage of your kids, I don't think that'd be wisdom." Like what kindness! Mm. And I can think of a number of times where it's so beautiful to send problems up, mm. like, "Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. We're facing a situation we don't want to do. What's your wisdom?" And then the Lord answers you through them. The Lord's well able to answer you directly, yeah. but the Lord loves to speak through the leaders in your life, and that's because authority is agents of good. Agents of God for good in your life. Yeah. I was also thinking, like, with John, with Jeff, with safe leaders, mm-hmm. those are, you're, you're also talking about people who have authority over them. So they, mm-hmm. there's people that have authority to speak into Jeff and Becky. There's people that have authority to speak into John and Carol, mm-hmm. you know, and they go seeking out other people to be accountable to and to have mm-hmm. speaking into their lives as well, which is part of what also makes them safe. Mm-hmm. So that was just my. My other, my side thought. All right. Well, that that kickstarts our thoughts on authority and leadership mm-hmm. and blessing and favor. I will throw this out here. I, I realize that a lot of the conversations I've overheard about, like, why authority is bad, are rarely about the practical. They're more about the theoretical. Mm. Like, I wonder if when people saw the topic for this. They thought I was going to be talking about government. Right. Like, honor the president and honor your leaders, and which, by the way, I certainly believe is biblical. Not what I'm talking about today. Right. But most of the conversations I've had about authority with people who are like, well, I don't think we should be, you know, like, I'm a free person. and Don't you know America, freedom, yay, you know, mm-hmm. is, is all about, like, larger things rather than the day-to-day of honoring your parents, honoring your boss. Right. In marriage, honoring one another. Again, I think... Probably one of the major contributors to the fruitfulness of our marriage is that we honor the authority of both of us. Like we don't live with the thing that I am the head of the family and you just obey me. We realize that we are co-leaders of our family and we submit to 
What are you just grinning at? I'm grinning because you said contributors instead of contributors. I just, I just. Which liked, way is American? I don't. Which way is American? Contributors? Oh, you wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. So you were laughing at my. I just was enjoying. I was yeah, pronunciation. Yes, Did I, I have that <laughs> emphasis on the wrong syllable. I just like it when you say words a little differently. It makes me like. I'm bummed because I thought you were having special those. sexy thoughts about me, and it wasn't. <laughs> oh, you were I was. mocking me. Oh, you I were. I totally was. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There's our thoughts on that. We'll pick up some other thoughts later. I'm because we. By the time you hear this, we'll have already recorded the follow-up for it, which doesn't make asking questions very easy. So probably what we'll do is put something on social media and say, hey, what are some questions about, you know, walking with authority and walking with leaders? Yeah, that sounds good. Babe, where can people get show notes? Uh, you can get the show notes by going to alanandaj.com slash 250. And if people do have questions, uh, which we'd love to hear, how would people ask us a question? alanandaj.com slash ask. And if people were thinking, I love this episode, but if only there was a way I could see what they were wearing and, and, and bask in the glory of Alan's watermelon shirt and perhaps look at the snazzy necklace that AJ's wearing with her <laughs> wooden paddle earrings, like how could you fulfill that wish for them? <gasps> they could sign up to be a member. And if where would they go to do that? Um, they would go to Alan and AJ dot com slash sign up. No, slash oh. join. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so well. Yeah, you were. You're you're knocking yeah. it apart. If yeah. you want to become a member, if you want to get access to our video content, uh, all of our episodes are filmed in our studio and then we rip out the audio, which is probably what you're listening to. Uh, it's it's another dimension of the podcast. It, we also offer our members discounts on our books and on our teaching courses. And also, if you do have questions and you're a member, it, you get to the, the front of the queue as well. You can learn all about the perks of becoming a member and supporting the show by going to alanandaj.com slash join. But for now, we are praying that you have a great, fruitful relationship with the leaders in your life. And just have an amazing week. Please stay safe out there. And we will be back same time, same place next week. God willing. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.